question? It's all about the questions. We're learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, Ask All the Right Questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Welcome to this week's show. I, as always, am excited to be on in the world today, and this is my moment to make a difference listeners and i've gotten some amazing feedback from so many of you how much it has shifted you and helped you ask different questions and i hope today is going to be no different but this is a little tougher topic that we're going to be talking about today my friend stanford erickson had suggested knowing my um, love passion for studying world war ii and about the holocaust And with everything that's been going on in the world, I'm so glad that Sanford had suggested that I have my next guest, who happens to live locally here in Vero Beach, on the show. His name is Kurt Wallach, and he's written multiple books. He's also one of the founders of the Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C. And the reason I really, really, really wanted to have him on the show today has to do a lot with Holocaust deniers. And recently, Mark Zuckerberg says Facebook won't remove Holocaust denial content. And this is what he said. He said, I'm Jewish, and there's a set of people who deny that the Holocaust happened. I find it deeply offensive, but at the end of the day, I don't believe that our platform should take that down because I think there are things that different people get wrong. I don't think that they're intentionally getting it wrong. And, you know, I grew up in the Bronx, New York, and Yonkers, New York, and you couldn't turn around without seeing somebody in my neighborhood with a tattoo on their arm, which meant that they had survived one of the horrible termination camps. You know, we call them concentration camps, but they were really termination camps. And my guest today survived the Holocaust. He made it out. And then he went back. He fought in World War II. He was part of the precursors to the Navy SEALs. He fought in Okinawa. And then he went back and went to the camps. He is a witness to the horrors. And I just think it's so important for us to understand the world. And this is something, growing up, one of the only Catholic people in my entire neighborhood. We had the Hanukkah bush growing up. It's just an important thing that we need to keep in touch with our past and not forget it. And there's so much of it still going on in the world today. Other um, groups of people being killed, whether they're Jewish or otherwise, the Rwandan crisis, Rwandan crisis, all of that. So, uh, Kurt, welcome to the show today. I'm so grateful that you could be here and that you've written these two books, Murder Beyond Madness and The Killing of the Jews. Thank you. You know, I I read Murder Beyond Madness. I did not read The Killing of the Jews. And I understand The Killing of the Jews was the first book. That's correct. Now, these are 700-page books. Yes, they're both. Uh, The Murder uh, Beyond Madness is about 770 pages. Uh, uh, The Killing of the Jews is a little bit under 700. They're both very, very detailed. Uh, The Murder Beyond Madness, of course, more so... And it is today uh, possibly the last word uh, in Holocaust uh, and is so recognized by organizations uh, such as uh, the Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington. And how old were you when you and your uh, immediate family, you and 
your two siblings and your mom and dad, you made it out because your family was gonna oh, was st- on a hit list. Uh, well, we stayed in Holland until I was almost eleven. Uh, we were under Hitler until uh, I was almost seven. Uh, I was in school, had gone through the kindergarten and through the first grade, uh, and uh, I suffered quite a bit, uh, uh, almost daily beatings uh, by the kids uh, and many times by the teacher. What do you think it is about, and I know this is kind of a maybe a, a different kind of question, but why do you think so many people hate Jewish people. I don't understand it. Well, this goes back thousands of years. I mean, hating the Jews is one of the greatest sports that mankind has ever partaken. Uh, uh, it seems to be that we need uh, we need a scapegoat. We need to uh, vent our hatreds. Uh, why that is, I don't know. But uh, the target of the hatreds uh, have been the Jews for hundreds of years. Uh, maybe thousands of years. Uh, they're good people. They're hardworking people. They're uh, not criminally inclined. Uh, uh, they lend very much to uh, society. Uh, and there may be a certain amount of jealousy. I'm not sure of that. Uh, but surely uh, they are to be admired uh, for what they do. But they're hated for it. Yeah, I- you know, I've just never understood it because my parents always brought me up to be tolerant yes. of, of everybody and every faith and to understand everybody's faith. And and you lived through and you lost over 200 members of your family uh, to my, the Nazis. My father's side and on my mother's side, counting all cousins, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, everybody uh, uh, came to about 200 uh, that were tortured to death, uh, either in the camps or uh, outside of the camps. Uh, there were so many, so many ways of murder uh, that the Nazis practiced. They never wanted to murder alone. They had to torture first and then murder. And this is what took place, uh, actually starting uh, right with Hitler's reign in January of 33 and right through to uh, May of 1945 for 12-year period. And your father was very outspoken. He was very outspoken against the Nazis. He was a, I call him a Nazi basher. Uh, he worked very hard against them. Of course, he lost his battle when uh, Hitler became uh, chancellor in January of 1933, and he was a target. And uh, we were scheduled uh, to be executed. Uh, an employee of my, one of my father's companies uh, came and told us of the plan that they were going to execute us uh, that night. He came to the house early in the morning. Uh, my mother ran down to the school, picked up the children. Uh, that's my sister, my brother, and myself. And we ran down to the railroad station uh, with my dad. And uh, we got on a train and headed toward Holland, uh, toward Cologne. And uh, we heard later that that afternoon they came looking for us. Uh, but we were gone. Uh, they couldn't find us. Uh, we spent a number of years in Holland. I grew up there. And uh, my father, again, in the early 30s, uh, predicted that there would be a war. He felt there would be a war and that uh, Europe would be flooded with blood. And he wanted to get out of there. And although we had a good life in Holland, 
Uh, he felt it was mandatory that we leave. Okay. And in the height of the Depression, uh, we came to uh, the United States, came directly to Cleveland, Ohio, uh, where we spent many good years. Uh, he was right. The war broke out. And uh, I, I personally, well, I got much involved because uh, I enlisted in the Navy at 17 and uh, uh, was in the Navy 1944, 45, 46. Uh, and the attack boats, the underwater demolition and attack boats, we trained right here in Vero Beach in uh, Fort Pierce, excuse me, uh, in Fort Pierce. And from here, our outfit went to Okinawa. Uh, where I lost almost half of my shipmates uh, were killed in Okinawa by the kamikazes, you know, the... Uh, the uh, Japanese suicide pilots, fire right. planes, yeah. Uh, it was a horrible uh, bloodbath there. Um, I am very fortunate uh, survivor several times. Does it ever make you wonder... I mean, you've survived <laughs> some of the most horrific things that ever happened to humanity on this planet and yet you're here you've survived others haven't and you've made it your mission to educate people yes a lot of other people might take that situation and just go forget it i don't want to do anything with the world anymore i've been through enough what what was it that made you say i need to make a difference that's why i'm still here well, I believe that the world should know uh, there is so much denial, which is actually ridiculous, because on the other hand, there is so much proof of uh, the, all the horrors that took place. Uh, I felt uh, education of the world is very necessary, and uh, I do quite a bit of um, um, lecturing uh, on the subject to schools and uh, uh, sometimes run series uh, again, I'm going to be speaking uh, next month uh, on uh, the history uh, of 1933 to 1935 when these horrors took place. Uh, many people don't realize this, but 60, 60 million people died during this war. And the worst part of that was that 13 million out of that 60 were actually murdered by the Nazis, they were not. Uh, they were not all killed by uh, tanks and guns and planes uh, uh, in a in war. But 13 million of them were actually tortured and murdered, uh, almost on a one-on-one -on -one basis, uh, uh, by the uh, Nazi fiends. 60 million people. 13 million. 60. 60, 60 six zero, yeah, and six, zero. six million of those no, were just Jewish. Uh, of those, about six million were Jews, and uh, upwards of uh, seven million uh, were others. For instance, uh, all Russian prisoners that were taken by the Nazis <coughs> were put into like concentration camps, but they did not work there. They just put them there. Uh, they had nothing to do in these camps However, no food or water was ever allowed in them, so uh, all the Russian prisoners uh, were starved to death. Uh, there were over three million of those. Uh, uh, the Nazis hated the uh, Poles, the Slovaks, which they felt were a lower class. Right. 
uh, people <coughs> murdered many of those. And, uh, of course, any opponents of the Nazi regime uh, or any uh, people that were reported by the Gestapo uh, uh, were all murdered. Uh, uh, many people were kidnapped and put into uh, workforces, uh, never to be fed and to be worked 18 hours a day. Wow. All right, we're going we're gonna to hold on that last thought. We're going to continue with more from Kurt Wallach after we get back from our commercial break. We're here with Kurt Wallach, author of Murder Beyond Madness and the Killing of the Jews, and he's dedicated a large portion of his life to educating people about this atrocity that hopefully will never, ever be repeated. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Kurt Wallach. And, and Kurt, you were just talking about, prior to the commercial break, what the Nazis did and and how many people died. You know, 66 million people died during World War II, 13 million directly at the hands of the Nazis. One of the things that has always bothered me, fascinated me by some of the events of World War II that have really started coming out more, and you speak about it a bit in your book, Murder Beyond Madness, was how pleas were made to other governments to let the Jews come in, that the Nazis were like, just get them out of our country, we don't want them, get them out at one point. But no country was willing to take them in. I, I don't understand it. I, I think the basis of that may be uh, anti-Semitism. Uh, the United States did not allow anybody in. In 1938, there was the uh, Avignon Conference. Uh, Avignon in Spain and France, uh, where 32 countries were invited uh, to a conference, uh, the basis for which was for these countries uh, to tell the conference uh, how many uh, of these people they would be willing to save. Uh, and only, uh, it was uh, Costa Rica uh, was actually the only company, uh, the, uh, the only country uh, that came through, uh, and uh, they also wound up uh, not taking the Jews. Uh, uh, none of them wanted them. Uh, I think anti-Semitism had a great deal to do with this, uh, particularly in the United States. Uh, now, many people think of uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt as a friend of the Jews, uh, and he gave that image, but uh, many times he was responsible uh, for some of the horrors that happened to them, uh, as an example being the ship to St. Louis, uh, uh, which was loaded with uh, refugees, and he did not allow them to come into this country they went back to Europe and were all slaughtered uh, in Europe. That was a Roosevelt thing. Uh, also, there were bills that were introduced in Congress uh, to allow um, young children under the age of 15, uh, all who had been adopted by American families, uh, to come here to save their lives. And Roosevelt saw to it that they did not come into this country. And 20,000 young children died. Uh, because of this. Uh, that was the Rogers-Wagner bill that was introduced, and uh, Roosevelt saw to it that it was cubbyholed and never came to the floor of the Senate or the House. And these 20,000 children died because he would not allow them in. Now, many people do, are not aware 
that Roosevelt was behind a lot of this, these things. Um, it is a shame, but I go back to what I said earlier. Uh, many of these problems uh, go back to anti-Semitism. We're, we're seeing so many parallels in the world today with what's happening. And I, I, I don't consider myself political. I tend to avoid political conversations. And we're seeing so much of it today with people coming into the country and, and Donald Trump and politicians and parties saying, no, we can't allow people into our country. And, you know, it's the Muslims now in the United States that they're not allowed, or the Mexicans or the South Americans or whatever it may be. And I, is it because they're different or because we're afraid that we'll lose well, there our, is, there our is, own culture? Well, there is a difference today, I believe, uh, because of the drug trade that is coming into this country. We have a drug epidemic in this country today. And it is traced directly uh, to the cartels from Mexico uh, that the Mexicans having come in uh, and brought uh, billions and billions of dollars worth of drugs which has been uh, distributed throughout the United States. That is the big fear here uh, more than anything else. This is a fear uh, that this country did not have uh, during the 1930s or 40s when uh, uh, these children or uh, refugees from the Nazis uh, were uh, trying to get okay. into this country. Uh, they were not feared. Uh, they were feared only uh, insofar as they represented uh, a, a workforce and that they might take American jobs. Gotcha. And, and that may have had something to do with it, but I go back to the basis of it, which I truly believe uh, was anti-Semitism. Which, uh, okay, that's... Uh, okay. It's a tough yeah. one, isn't it, it? It just, I have such a hard time wrapping my head around it. Yeah. Maybe I'm naive, but I was always raised to believe that we're all God's children, mm-hmm. and one person is no different than another. It's your heart that matters, and it doesn't shouldn't matter what religion you practice. You just need to live by God's word. And well, for instance, I was talking about the Wagner, the Rogers Wagner bill. Uh, this was a bill that was to be introduced. Uh, there were uh, ten thousand uh, children under the age of, I believe, fourteen that were adopted by American families when they could come into this country. Uh, there were supposed to be 10,000 or 20,000 each year for two years. Uh, this was blocked. It was not allowed to come to the Senate floor or to the House of Representatives floor, and these children were all murdered by the Nazis because we refused to let them in. They represented a threat to nobody. They were not a workforce, and certainly... Uh, six, eight, ten, twelve-year-old children uh, could not be a threat to anyone. Right. It's the elimination of an entire generation, uh, multiple generations of people, and there, a movie and a book that I found really powerful was called The Monuments Men, Mm -hmm. and I think as a build with your book, it talks about this whole 
destroying of not only the people but everything about them so that they can be erased from history which is so frightening to me that we we allow something that can erase part of our history whether we like it or not it is it is what it was and we need to to learn from it and move forward from it and we're going to go into the national news right now when we come back, we're going to speak more with Kurt Wallach, author of Murder Beyond Madness, The Killing of the Jews, Holocaust survivor, and one of only 20 people still left in the United States today that served in World War II and survived the Holocaust. We'll be right back uh, with Kurt Wallach. Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us live on iHeartRadio, welcome. I am here with Kurt Wallach, author of Murder Beyond Madness and The Killing of the Jews. If you are listening on the podcast, it was instantaneous, and you know you're ju- we're just going to keep continuing the conversation. But if you're just joining us, I'm sitting here with Kurt Wallach, who happens to live here in Vero Beach, and he is you're 92. Now, I'm 92. Yeah, 92, right? He is one of 20 remaining people in the U.S. that survived the Holocaust. His family managed to escape. And he also fought in World War II in Okinawa. And there's only 20 people left in the United States that can say that. And I think it's so important that we don't forget our past, that we learn from our past, that we don't erase the mistakes that we made. We learn from them and we grow from them. And anybody who knows me knows that I've studied World War II a lot. I grew up in New York where I had many family friends that had tattoos on their arms. They survived the camps and lost most of their families, but for whatever reason, they survived. And Kurt was not interred in any of the camps. His family made it out, but he lost over 200 of his family through the Holocaust. And Kurt, you know, I really appreciate your being here today and the work that you do. You were one of the original founders Uh, and a major contributor. You are a very successful businessman, real estate development. You built and sold a bank, and you spend a lot of your time with the Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C., and helped it come to fruition. Why is it so important that we don't forget? Well, I think education and uh, letting the world know what occurred uh, is extremely important, uh, lest it happen again. Uh, it can. Uh, there's no question that it can, and uh, I think it's up to all of us to see to it that it doesn't. And education is the tool. I mean, I think we're seeing it in the modern world as, as we know it. You know, the Rwandans and, and in Africa. Yes. You, you see a lot of these uh, genocides entire because they're slightly different. Myanmar. There's a whole subset of their culture that they just want to erase and say that they're not part of my enemy's culture. Why don't we get it? Why don't we remember and get it? Well, somehow we don't, we don't seem to, do we? No. <laughs> I just, it, it's something I, I struggle with. And I know we don't have an answer today, but my goal for doing this episode was today was to at least do a little part on my end which is why it was so important to me to do this was i needed to make a stand for something and this is something i could do 
So I, once again, I thank you for being here. You, you mentioned earlier about the ship to St. Louis. Yes. With the a boatload of Jewish refugees. Yes. They had spent all of their money that they had to get on this boat, understanding that they were going to be allowed into the country, and then they were turned away. Is that correct? Well, what, what happened was that uh, the German government allowed 937 people to buy tickets on the uh, Hamburg Line uh, ship St. Louis, which would go to uh, uh, Cuba, uh, would go to Havana, Cuba, and these 937 people uh, would be let off there and thus uh, escape execution by the Nazis. Okay. Uh, Now, in order to get a ticket on the uh, St. Louis, people gave their lives savings. It was not just the purchase of a ticket. There was a lot of money involved. Uh, They checked the background of people to see what they had. If they had enough, they could get onto the St. Louis. And millions uh, of marks were taken in order to get onto St. Louis, which... Uh, would save their lives. So they were allowed out, but only destitute by the time they did it. Okay. So they got on the ship and they sailed toward Havana. Uh, When they got to Havana, uh, they were turned down by uh, uh, by the Cuban government. They would not allow them to disembark there. What the Cubans were doing were trying to extort more money from families in America. If there was enough money donated uh, for a passenger, that passenger would be allowed off the ship, but only if the Cuban government were paid X amount of money. Wow, okay. Insult after insult. Yeah, well, it was extortion, but it it did not happen. So uh, they could not disembark uh, in Havana, and the ship took off and uh, went north, uh, parallel with the uh, coast of the United States, uh, trying at all times to land in a port in the United States to have these people disembark. Uh, the government saw to it uh, that they could not disembark. Uh, they were not allowed. It was federal. It came from Washington. They were not to disembark in the United States, and eventually the ship had to turn around and went back to Europe. Uh, Some got off in Belgium, a few got off in England, uh, but the majority, the great majority, uh, were uh, wound up in Nazi hands, even the ones that got off in Belgium, and I think some in France, eventually. Right, because uh, the Nazis uh, controlled those countries. They took them over. Yeah, they were all murdered, except the, I think it was about 180-some that uh, got off in England. Now, they survived the war, but the rest of them uh, were uh, taken by the Nazis and uh, killed because we would not allow them into this country. And there's much belief uh, that Roosevelt was behind this, that he would not allow them into this country. Well, I I believe that our presidents have a lot of power, but I also believe that they're not in a silo. So that... There's other factors in the government. You know, we so the president is our head, but I think I don't think he was acting alone. My yeah. opinion, 
do you disagree that he was acting alone? No, I think you're right. There, there is just so much hatred in this world, then and today. Uh, it's hard to understand, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, we see it today, as we saw it then. Uh, the 60 million was the worst catastrophe that this world has ever experienced. The the other side to World War Two, which you fought in, you fought at Okinawa. You were a former Navy SEAL before they were Navy SEALs, the underwater demolition teams. The Japanese people as well in this country, we created our own internment camps. Yes, we did. In California, uh, it was horrible. I remember uh, anybody of Japanese descent uh, was put into a camp. They lost everything, and uh, they were not mistreated in the camp. Uh, but they were taken out of their daily routine, lost their homes, lost their businesses, and were confined for the duration of the war. Now, they weren't mistreated to the levels of what happened to the Jewish people or the non-Jewish people that went into these camps in Germany and in Poland and in other places, but well, we they, they really, the internment camps in the United States were yeah, not well, nice we, places either. There was a great difference. I mean, we... Yeah. We had no intention whatsoever of hurting these people. Right. I mean, we, we fed them, we housed them, and uh, we gave them a life within the camps, you right. know. Uh, Fear. Here. Again. It wasn't meant, uh, but on the other hand, they could not get out of the camps either. Right. But we supplied a good life uh, for them within the camps. And when the war ended, of course, we let them out, uh, which is uh, not in any manner uh, the equivalent of what the Nazis did. Absolutely not. Uh, the Nazis' mm -hmm. idea was to murder them. Uh, our idea was to let them live a life, and when the war ended, they would be let out, and the life that they led within the confinement uh, was not that bad. Uh, George Takai from Star Trek fame, he played Sulu on Star Trek. He was recently here for the film festival and was honored and he's written several books and a play about the plight of the Japanese Americans yeah. uh, during that time because well, we were afraid it, of them. Yeah. Uh, you know the Japanese were, were our enemies and uh, we were afraid that uh, uh, these Japanese Americans uh, could do us harm. Yet you were a German American you came and you fought was there as much fear uh, and you well, know what? we're, we're going to take I that have, into the I, next segment hold I, on because we're about to go into a, another um commercial I, break and i don't want us to get cut off okay so we're going to go into our last commercial break and we'll be back more from kurt wallach okay. all right kurt you were just sharing a story of when you were incarcerated at 15 because you were a german in america yes can you, can you share that for everybody? Because it was you and I talking while we were in the commercials. Yes. Well, what happened, uh, my experience was uh, not a good one. I was 15 years old, and uh, with my uh, dad, we went to Canada uh, to visit a factory that my uncle had. Uh, I, I believe it was Toronto. And uh, we went through the plant, and on the way back to the United States, uh, we were stopped on the bridge, the border, between the U.S. and Canada, and we were asked for citizenship papers. My dad had already gotten his papers. My mother had not. Uh, I was 15, uh, and my dad said, well, this is my son. And they said, well, that doesn't make him an American citizen. He's not an American citizen. 
Uh, he is of German birth, and he is an enemy alien. Uh, and they took me in uh, as an enemy alien, a 15-year-old kid. I mean, you're talking about people being afraid here of uh, foreign uh, citizenry. Um, they took me in, and for three days I was uh, incarcerated uh, as an enemy alien. Uh, and with some pull, my uncle was able to get me out uh, after three days in jail uh, as an enemy alien who had crossed the border into the United States. And yet, two years later, you still enlisted, enlisted in the U.S. Navy to fight. Right. It, and yet, two years later, after that incident, yes. you enlisted in the U.S. Navy. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> I never looked at it that way, but that's true. It was about two years later that uh, I uh, became a sailor. <laughs> now, what made you want to fight and fight on the Pacific uh, Theater well, versus that European? My cho- that was not my choice. Uh, okay. Uh, I had uh, volunteered for the uh, attack boat and underwater demolition, uh, which was a special outfit seri- uh, similar to the se- well, we it were became the seals. The seals. Uh, I went into that outfit. I had very little to say. I had nothing to say. Okay. I was just in that outfit, and uh, I went where I was told. Okay, but it's it's. You went through everything, and yet you said, I'm going to fight. I'm going to make a difference. Well, of course, we hated the Nazis uh, so much. We hated the Japanese also, what they did. Um, and the fervor, the whole uh, demeanor in this country uh, during the war was different from today. We were united. Uh, we were very much united as a people. We were united with a hatred for the Nazis. We were united as, with a hatred for the Japanese, and uh, it, it was a different scenario from what you see today in our culture. Yeah, there's not a lot of unity. It's all about divisiveness. No, today the politicians fight with each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I struggle. I struggle with the whole concept, and I, I wonder where our world is going. Where do you think our world is going? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't think many people do know. We can all take our guess. I don't know. I, I, I believe that we are moving to the left much too fast. Uh, the um, the movement uh, today in politics, is, as I see it, and my voice counts for nothing, uh, but my own view is that we're moving to the left much too fast. Uh, You've been in business a really long time. You've, I mean, I've said that you're 92 years old. You, you've built incredibly successful businesses, a, a real estate empire, so to speak, here, and yet you do so much to teach with the Memorial Museum. You teach at colleges as well, just to educate people. It. Speaking to my listeners out there right now, is there a lesson that you would hope? Is there a lesson that you would hope people would get well, from what we talked about today well, to make a donation, change? My donation is very tiny and minimal, almost non-existent. Uh, but the very little uh, that I can educate with and teach is something that I am very happy to do. Uh, it is very necessary. I wish there were more people out there educating the public uh, 
to uh, uh, where we are today, uh, they don't really, uh, they're not really as involved as they might want to be. Why do you think people don't want to get involved? I mean, it's sort of what happened again during the whole World War II thing. It's just, well, no, I don't want to see it. We're too busy in our daily lives, you know. <laughs> uh, we're a monetary-motivated uh, society, and our culture is really not such as to get involved in such big things as we're discussing. I, yeah, I, I mean, uh, I know for myself, I don't like to hear yeah, some of the uh, stuff. Yeah, therefore... And I might say, therefore, uh, education is very, very necessary. And where, where can people get your books? Uh, the uh, two books that I have in front of me, and you've written well, several I, others. I have seen to it that a, a lot of educational institutions uh, have been donated this book, uh, these books, both of them. Uh, and they can be purchased, uh, Amazon, of course. And uh, But my motivation with the books is to uh, get them to educational institutions, universities, uh, uh, etc., uh, so that the word gets out. It's not a something that is uh, uh, monetarily motivated. I am not monetarily motivated in my publishing these books. Uh, a little bit more so in tennis books that I have written, uh, but these books here are educational. And, and I want them out there. I don't have any children. I know that when I was in grammar school and high school and college, we studied World War II. We studied the Holocaust. Does that still happen as much? Or do we need families to have that? Well, uh, during the war, life here was altogether different. Uh, we would turn on the radio at 8 o'clock in the morning and and then we go to school, and if we were off for lunch, we turn on the radio, and again at 4 in the afternoon, and you listen to the news at 6 o'clock, and before you went to bed at 10.30 at night, you listen to the news to see what was going on because there were constant battles throughout the world. Right. And uh, we were, everybody was very, very much involved. Uh, uh, most people had relatives or friends that were in the military. There were 16 million, you know. Uh, 16 million American men and women uh, fought in this war uh, against the Japanese. We had two wars, one against the Japanese and one against the Germans. And uh, everybody was involved. Today, that is not the case. Yeah, I, I, I have a number of friends that are in the armed forces today yes. or retired from the armed forces. And... A big thing that they say is people don't even understand what's going on. Yeah, you know, the yeah. news that we get is so filtered as to what they want us to hear. Yeah. And I don't know where the venues are where we can get reality of what's going on that's not been filtered and purged. I know one place that we can find out about the past that's not been filtered and purged is in your two books I've mentioned many times, The Killing of the Jews and Murder Beyond Madness. And... These books are, are thick, <laughs> and they have photographs of pictures that were taken from different archives that you had access to, and they're available at Amazon.com, and hopefully, as you said, they're being taught in schools today. Right. You're involved with Florida Atlantic University? 
you're involved with Florida Atlantic University. Uh, yes, there? I am in, involved with Florida Atlantic University. Uh, I have taught courses there, given many lectures there, and uh, I find that they're a very fine institution, uh, the university. Uh, they are doing a great job on teaching uh, uh, that era of the 1930s and 40s. Okay. If somebody who's listening to the show wanted to reach out to you to get more information or perhaps have you speak somewhere, how do they how do they reach out to you, Kurt? Uh, well, they can reach me. Um, uh, I can be reached at uh, my main office in Vero Beach. I'll, I'll name the telephone number. That'd be if great. Any, if anybody wants it, uh, that number, uh, our area code here, of course, is 772. Uh, the telephone number is 567-8500. Say that one more time. 772? Uh, 772-567-8500. Uh, I am... Uh, available uh, to give lectures if there is a large enough audience. Uh, I do not give lectures to very small audiences. I don't have time. I'm a working man. And you, you know, <laughs> yes, you are. You're still, you still have your real estate and I do, all the work I, you do. I work very hard. In fact, my manager said I work for harder than anybody in the company, and I'm 92. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much for being here and for writing these books and the work you do with the Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C., and helping us remember our past. Well, it's a pleasure to be, uh, to be on the air with you, and I want to commend you on the work that you're doing, and thank you for the invitation. Uh, it was truly an uh, honor, and Stanford Erickson, thank you so much for introducing me to Kurt so that I could do this show today. And to my listeners, I know this was not my usual show, and I thank you for listening, and I'd love to hear your thoughts as always, but I think very important lesson we need to get from today is we need to spread love we need to be inclusive we need to not just say oh they're no good because they're jewish or they're muslim or they're black or they're white or they're yellow or i don't like the color of their hair so today just make a difference in somebody's life no matter who they are and remember the right questions can change your life have a great day everyone thank you very much been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.